So, um, have you noticed the change in the, the Berlin game scene? And the I feel it is getting like pretty vibrant. So I've definitely noticed a change there. Like it feels like a community is starting. Yeah. to Away From Keyboard, a podcast about the Berlin game scene. I'm Lara. And I'm Daniel. Last time we talked about the Berlin Games Week, the fashion week for games that connects multiple events around the city. Today we want to take a closer look at two of its events that focus on the business side of making games. One of those events we are going to talk about is Womenize. But first we're going to talk about an event that stands at the very beginning of Berlin Games Week, in more than one way. Quo Vadis takes place during the first days of Games Week. It's a two-day conference with talks, panel discussions and workshops. It's also one of the oldest parts in the history of Games Week. It's actually older than Games Week itself. Quo Vadis first started in 2003 in Oberhausen, which is a five-hour train ride from Berlin. It's regarded as one of the first European conferences for developers of video games. In 2007 it moved to Berlin to become part of the German Game Days. And since then it has grown from 300 to 3000 participants. When we go to Kuvardis, we attend as journalists. But unlike other events like Gamescom or E3, the press isn't really the target audience here. Neither is the general public of players. It's the people who make games. Kovalis are meeting a lot of business people and also very experienced uh, other game developers who give me very in-depth feedback to my own game and I make new connections, I meet new people who will maybe uh, interesting in the future. Yeah, I have a great time here at Kovalis. Stefan Hövelbrings is one of those people. As a solo game developer, he's currently working on his first commercial game, Death Trash. At Kovalis, he's presenting his post-apocalyptic roleplay action adventure at the show floor for the indie game developers. Yeah, so at Kovalis here people come by who are professionals from the industry from big companies uh, and they they really take the time to play the game for a long time and then they give uh, lots of feedback that uh, wouldn't be possible in that format uh, at, a, at a large consumer convention I think. I guess it's mostly useful if you are like in, in the middle of it 
and maybe try to make new connections, maybe talk to publishers, maybe talk to people who can uh, help you with getting a bit of visibility, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you you should maybe already have your game uh, well underway, but uh, it's not a consumer event. Oh, I haven't seen one panel yet, one talk. I would actually really like to see the, the one with Richard Garriott, but uh, I guess I have another date at that time. That's, that makes me a bit sad. Maybe, but it's not the same as maybe meeting him in a person. So, but that's, that's maybe one of the problems of the Berlin Games Week. There's too much happening. For, for, for me at least. Quo Vadis can be a noisy place. Multiple stages share a huge open area at Berlin Station. The old train station that has turned into an event space has also been the home of Republica, Comic-Con and EGX. Yet Quo Vadis still manages to maintain that intimate feeling. Little radio receivers with headphones allowed you to drown out the noise and focus on one specific talk. But since there were no walls, you could just switch your seat and your signal frequency to tune in to something completely different. That's how Quovadis has been for years. But in 2019, it's due to change once again. The event is now fully owned by Booster Space, the company run by Michael Liebe, who you might remember from our first episode as the head of Games Week itself. With that comes a change of the location. The event moves from the former station to a former brewery. In this year, Quo Vadis will find its new home at Kulturbrauerei in the district of Prenzlauer Berg. No more little radios, too. Instead, people will be encouraged to engage with each other more and maybe it'll also be a bit less noisy. Noise is something the visitors of Games Week should get used to, though. Gaming companies from all over Europe come to Berlin to visit Games Week. Some of them even stay here. What's very interesting about Berlin is that a lot of international companies set up shop here. Uh, more and more do so, um, some close down again, um, some prevail and are growing constantly. Um, so we have, I don't know, perhaps 20 companies um, in Berlin at the moment, which are not originally German or originally uh, Berlin-based or Berlin-founded. That's Michael Liebe, the head of Booster Space and organizer of Games Week and Quo Vadis. They come here because of the uh, workforce and talent market you find here. Berlin is a very um, attractive city not only for companies but especially for people um, who want to live here um, so potentially it's easier to find talent in the city or to attract new talent to the city um, so that is then at the other hand changing the um, sort of infrastructure of, of Berlin uh, with these bigger companies more money comes in more people used to paying higher rents uh, uh, come in and so we see like 
it's not gentrification, that's not the issue. It's like also the willingness to pay more for rent because of other experiences in cities such as Stockholm, London or New York or even Istanbul or even um, uh, Prague, for example. Um, so the, the people then are like, okay, well, this is still far less than I was paying in my old job. Um, so happy to do so. So rents are rising a lot which in the long term makes it more difficult to attract new people. Mm. So we'll see where this ends. Um, but at this very moment, it's uh, super exciting and it's very good for the industry, the game scene in Berlin, um, because what we are still are lacking is veterans dropping out and building new studios. Um, like you have in Montreal, for example, where you have Ubisoft with 1,500 employees working 10 years at Ubisoft and then dropping out and starting their own indie company, for example, or new startup, whatever. Uh, so this cycle of um, gaining experience in a bigger company, dropping out, starting something new, um, growing again and starting a whole ecosystem, um, that's still in the beginning here. Uh, it's happening already. And so I'm very happy about this development and the rent was very cheap in Berlin. That wasn't normal for a city size as this, but I don't want it to rise more. Berlin is already the city with the fastest rise of rent in Germany, making it more and more difficult for people who aren't coming for these new well-paid jobs in international games companies to keep living here. Just last week, there was a huge demonstration against one of the housing companies that abused this trend against its tenants. All of this has caused lots of friction in the city over the last decade, and this topic will surely come up more often in the future of this podcast. But for now, let's get back to the current state of the games business in and around Berlin. In our first episode, we talked to Anna Vielhaber and Ina Göring, who back then were part of Medium Board Berlin Brandenburg. The Medium Board is offering funding to companies in order to start a business in the region. Um, during the last, um, let's say, 10 years, uh, the game scene in Berlin um, developed very well uh, from um, independent producers uh, starting um, exploring what you could do with, with games mechanics. Um, it grew. Um, larger uh, companies developed like um, Vuga or Game Duel and um, also in the recent years um, many companies, uh, international companies, um, came to Berlin to uh, have a Zweigstelle, wie heißt das nochmal? Uh, <laughs> to have an office here. So yeah, for example, the recent years we saw companies coming in like Riot Games, they're operating in Adlershof, they have a studio for League of Legends games, Epic Games um, opened an office here, King from Sweden came, and they're also actually developing game games here. And then I would like to point out also Smilegate from Korea, they're having a huge game over there. And of course, the recent development of last year was that Ubisoft decided to open an office here in Berlin, which is a major step for us because we're really, for our ecosystem here in Berlin, it really, we need everybody. Like we need the small creative companies, but also we need big companies that can employ a lot of people that actually employ senior people. So the knowledge can spread everywhere. One of the companies that came to Berlin is King. 
The developer and publisher of mobile games is probably best known for Candy Crush. Since its release in 2012, it gathered millions of players and made the Swedish company one of the most profitable gaming companies in the world. From its founding location in Stockholm, King spread around the world. Today, there are studios in Barcelona, London and Berlin. And since 2015, Philipp Lanik is the person running the local studio with around 100 people working there. Uh, uh, when, when did King come to Berlin? When did they open up? We opened our studio here in Berlin in early 2014. And since then we are constantly growing. We had some times in between where we stabilized a little bit to consolidate our business a little bit. But now, especially in 2017 and 2018, we have decided again to invest more in Berlin as a location and in our studios. So we, we are quite happy that we have, first of all, uh, we can work from a really, really great city here in Berlin. Um, and uh, we are also happy with our, with our performance and success so far. What was the reason uh, behind the decision to open a, a studio in Berlin? I think there have been probably several reasons, but uh, the talent pool or the talent is one of the main reasons, definitely. Uh, what we expect from Berlin, and that's, uh, that is also the case, is that Berlin is uh, such a cool and interesting city. It has full of very young creative people. It has uh, an extreme creative and open-minded vibe. It's a very international city. And the benefit in Berlin is definitely that we can attract people from all over the world. Yes. Yeah. So it's not only we don't limit our talent pool to Berlin only, it's a worldwide talent pool what we can find here in Berlin. Despite the growing diversity of that talent pool, a quick look at the speaker lineup of Quo Vadis in 2019 reveals a problem the games industry still hasn't fixed yet. There are over three times as many male speakers than there are women at the stage of Quo Vadis. And that's not even taking into account other forms of diversity that look beyond gender. The imbalance regarding the number of white people on stage is even worse than that. It's an issue the organizers of Games Week are at least somewhat aware of. Despite still not having managed to create an equal lineup for one of its main events, another part of Games Week is fully dedicated to the role of women in the industry that's still largely dominated by straight white men. And that event is Womenize, an event taking place right after Quo Vadis. I would say it's uh, one of our, if it comes to talent, one of our key topics and most important points. That's also the reason why we want to support Womenize. Um, I think there's definitely uh, still a very big need that we work actively to improve the situation that more and more female, young female talents are coming to the, to the games industry. And that is something what we're really actively working on. So we have a lot of initiatives in the company uh, to support female talent, to bring in young female talent to our, to our company and to develop them in the company. We have a lot of uh, trainings to uh, create more awareness about the situation around diversity and inclusion, to improve or to train our own people in how to uh, address the topic of diversity and inclusion. Uh, we do a lot of uh, work together with schools, uh, with uh, universities to find young talent to maybe also have, we have a scholarship where we bring young female talent to the GDC in San Francisco, for example. So it is really a very, very big and important topic and the more I'm lucky that uh, we have uh, in total, I think, three speakers at the Women's here yeah. this year. Uh, and I'm also very proud that we can even 
support uh, Kipling Games Week with those speakers because it shows that we are doing the right work in the studio and at King that we create or that we develop this right, uh, the right uh, young female talent in our studio. King is still the main sponsor of Womenize in 2019 as well, which can't be taken for granted. The event's history has been one of ups and downs, or more accurately, on and off. Founded in 2015, Womenize disappeared for a year in 2017. Last year it was reborn and is now becoming an inherent part of the Games Week calendar. This year there are only three men listed as speakers, among 19 women from all around the industry. Some of the topics they are talking about tackle the industry's prevailing issues with gender and sexism, but that's by far not the only topic of the conference. Some of the talks are about management and team building. Others are about telling stories through gameplay mechanics. Okay, so the workshop was about uh, storyboarding features for mobile games. Uh, my name is Nadia Karwe. I'm currently working at King um, as a lead artist. I started working in gaming about 12 years ago. Um, it was actually mobile gaming at that time as well, although mobile gaming looked very, very different from what it is right now. It was like at that time where like every phone worked completely differently. Some of them like opened like this, others you held to your uh, ear like a croissant, it was crazy. <laughs> Basically what I'm trying to sell here is that you could, um, in an idea phase, you could get a lot more out of your brainstorms and out of your ideas if you already start visualizing really early on. So um, especially this would work well if you have like autonomous interdisciplinary teams. So a game designer, a developer, an artist, and they're coming up with actually what they want to create. Uh, what you often can have in brainstorms is that people leave the brainstorms with completely different ideas about what they're going to create. And this tool, you could have something visual and iterate on it with your team very quickly. And then when you go out of that brainstorm, already have like a rough blueprint of what it is that you want to create. Um, so what's the, the audience of the, the workshop? Um, so the there were like a couple of people from gaming and uh, a couple of people with an art background. But actually most were not in gaming okay. or not artists. Yeah. What do you think is the, the, the progress that has been made over the, the last couple of years? Because there, there have been programs like, like mm -hmm. Maze and, and uh, more attempts to diversify mm -hmm. people working in games. Mm -hmm. um, and you've been working in games for a long time, so yeah. do, you, do you see uh, a measurable change? Um, I do see a measurable change. It could be more, of course, and it could go faster, obviously, because like, I've been here for a while, Like, I want to see more progress. Um, yeah, but I think there is definitely a, um, a change. Like, I think Amaze, uh, what that does is it gives, like, the Berlin gaming scene, like, this indie edge mm -hmm. that I feel it didn't have before. And the people that come to Amaze and come visit Berlin uh, because of that um, are of a different mindset as well which I think is really cool. Um, this is actually my first time that I'm here at Womanize. I can imagine that this could uh, do the same thing, basically, like after a couple of years, that maybe it would draw in spe a specific audience that is already more diverse, like you said, yeah. Although true diversity means more than gender, Womanize is an important counterweight to an imbalance within the gaming industry. 
Most importantly, it highlights that this imbalance is an important issue. Hopefully, one day in the future, the idea behind the event will seem unnecessary, even silly. To have women mostly speak at their separate, own event instead of the main stage of Covardes. Until then, it's one step towards making not only the events of Games Week, but also the games industry as a whole more welcoming for all kinds of people with different backgrounds. That might actually be one of the reasons why Berlin is such an interesting place for game companies from all over the world to come here in the first place. Um, so you've been working in, in Berlin in games for, for all these 12 years? No, no. no. Um, let me count. <laughs> Six years ago I came to Berlin, okay, yes. Okay. So where did you work for before? Um, so before I came to Berlin, no, uh, the, um, before King, I worked for um, Crowdpark. They made slot machines. So uh, I got into gambling, uh, <laughs> learned a lot. And before that, I was a freelance artist. Yeah, and um, as a freelance artist, like basically one of the reasons, like I always kind of wanted to go to Berlin because I love this city, like I'm completely in love with it, so that's number one. Uh, but I also really wanted to like work with a team again. Like as a freelance artist, if you work on games, you just like deliver the assets and you're super not close to the end result. You're not like with the team creating specific assets for specific features and like iterating on them. It's just like, here's where you're supposed to create, create it, deliver it, get paid and you're out. And I really, really prefer working with teams, so that's why, yeah. How um, have you noticed the change in the, the Berlin game scene? In the I feel it is getting like pretty vibrant. Um, so there's like the talk and play events. Um, there's like a couple of studios that like just host their own gaming-related events. I think like Studio Honig has like um, um, a thing that they do every now and then. Um, so I've definitely notice a change there like it feels like a community is starting yeah so, <coughs> so first of all I'm, I'm here in Berlin for around three years so I moved to Berlin in okay. 2015 but uh, but still I think um, the current trend that we see more and more bigger companies or let's say all kind of companies startup companies uh, middle companies and also bigger companies are coming to Berlin is something really really positive what I really appreciate because as I said it's it's uh, triggering really a pulse and it's uh, it's energizing the already vi very vibrant gaming scene in Berlin and for the future that's something very very positive so I think that's a really good uh, trend what we see in Berlin currently. How many people do you uh, do work at, at uh, your studio now that have been in Berlin and how many did, did move here to work? We have around 25 different nationalities. Oh, wow. That's for such a small studio still, like Berlin is a really good good uh, value if it comes to diversity. Uh, um, what I can't, and we, so that means also we get a lot of people from abroad. Um, what I can't give you because I really don't know the number at the moment is how many people are really from here from Berlin and how many people are from outside, but I would say it's only a small part that is coming really from Berlin um, because the, the local talent pool there is still a lot of potential for the local talent pool to grow and I think that is something what I foresee for the future. The more bigger companies are coming also to Berlin, the bigger the talent pool will be in Berlin and the better it will be also for, for companies to grow in, in the city itself because it's easier to get uh, local talent as well. Yeah, sure, but, but when the, the talent comes... It, yeah. The Berlin game scene is growing and taking up an important role not only for the growing games business in Germany, but also in Europe. 
Games Week is just one example of the kind of events that brings people to Berlin and convinces them to stay. The German games industry is still developing. Recently, the federal government announced 50 million euros in games funding. Imagine a bigger version of what Medienboard has been doing for years. That's an investment that shows the industry is being taken seriously. But there's still a long way to go though. Is there something that you think that's, that's missing or where you wish there, that, that would change to, to um, make uh, work easier or better? As I said, I think Berlin has is offering really an uh, extremely cool uh, environment for, for people to come to Berlin. It's a very international setup. It has uh, uh, a lot of offer if it comes to creativity, to art, to culture. It's a very inspiring city, very open-minded. Um, I'm I'm super happy with Berlin. <laughs> so uh, uh, maybe I, I got I got the hint yesterday. Maybe an airport, but of course <laughs> that's that's quite the obvious thing uh, to ask for. But no, I think uh, I'm I'm okay. really happy because as a, as a company, I think we get supported extremely well by by our partners. For example, Berlin Partners is doing a great job to to support companies like us and uh, in particular also smaller companies. Uh, I think the city of Berlin is is really putting a lot of effort in in supporting games companies, and that's something that's really positive. The gaming industry is uh, a hit-driven business and what I think what we need in Berlin is the Berlin or the, the hit title made in Berlin. And as soon as this is happening, I think then the gaming industry will explode. Yeah, and that is something that has been needed. That, that was the case in the past in other cities and that is also that is a little bit the, the must-have what, what we need to have in, in Berlin. The city has its own appeal like that is unrelated to gaming. Um, and then startups started coming here a while ago more and more, creating basically uh, a pool of talent. A pool of talent will draw in bigger companies. Um, and I th I'm not sure what started the indie gaming um, culture in Berlin, but honestly, like I could even say that it was just the city itself. Like it feels like it just like fits here or something like that. Um, I actually forgot your question, so I'm not sure I answered it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> the question is not that important, but okay. the answer was really good. So, um, that's actually about, about it. All right. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. We're finally back and already working on more and also more frequent content. We already recorded multiple interviews and the next Games Week is just around the corner as we release this episode. If you want to make sure that you don't miss those future episodes we are working on, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for AFK Berlin. If you want to support future episodes of Away From Keyboard, you can go to patreon.com slash afkberlin and become a subscriber. For just $5 per episode, you will get access to longer interviews from our episodes. If money isn't in the cards for you, share the episodes on social media and rate us at Apple Podcasts or wherever you do your podcast rating. 
April will be a busy month, so there might as well be updates on our Twitter and Instagram accounts. You can find us under AFK in Berlin on both of those social networks. And you can find links to all of our feeds and social media accounts on our website afk.berlin. AFK is produced by Lara Kalbart and, and Daniel Ziegner. The music is by Almut Schwacke. Thanks for listening. See you around. around.